Welcome. My name is Eddie Arrieta. This is Fulfilling Work Life. We intend to talk to leaders, professionals, remoters, human beings from all around the world who share with us their knowledge. Join me in this daily journey. We just finished a wonderful conversation with Isabel Brandao from Fabrica de Startups Brazil. It was amazing to hear how collaboration makes a huge impact in innovation and also uh, what are the things that could happen if we close the gender gap in Latin America. Uh, amazing conversation. Please enjoy it. And we are live. Thank you so much, uh, Isabel Brandao, for joining us uh, uh, today. Thank you, everyone who has joined us live over at uh, the Zoom link. Everyone who is watching this over Facebook or will watch this over Facebook or any other channels. Uh, Isabel, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, yourself just so that we get started? I haven't, I haven't had coffee today. Do you, do, you, do you have coffee in the morning? How does your day start? Yeah, I already had like three or something. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just start working whenever my body feels coffee. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't. So, um, yeah, thank you for inviting me. Um, we actually met in Mexico, like, I think, two years ago. Yeah. Uh, we gave this amazing workshop at Sarah in Mexico. And since then, I'm just following you guys um, on every media I can. But, yeah, so I'm Isabel. Uh, thank you all for joining us. Um, I'm from Brazil, so I'm from Rio, where I'm speaking right now. Uh, but actually, I, I lived in some countries, work, studying and working. So my first, like, out of Brazil experience, <laughs> let's say, was um, when I was 12, I moved to France because of my mom's job. So I worked, uh, well, I studied there, um, like, the end of my, um, like, I don't know, high school and things like that. So I did university there as well. Um, and then I decided to do an exchange year in the UK. Uh, to get like my English uh, more fluid <laughs> and then I had to do an internship abroad so um, at this point in university I started to, uh, to study and working with um, entrepreneurship and like intra-entrepreneurship uh, and some other projects so I was, I was very um, curious about it but I didn't know that many things so I got um, an offer to go to start Chile which was amazing like really was my first um like big work experience in another country with something i was not that familiar with uh, and i think was the perfect um destination because it's a very international program so it was very like everyone was uh, getting used to the country and the chilean people were very 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 welcoming so it was like amazing first contact with a big entrepreneurial ecosystem. Um, and then I would say as many Brazilians who live abroad, I really tried to get um, work, like a really nice work here. Um, so of course I was looking towards the ecosystem um, and didn't find that many things. Like at this time, um, the economy here was not that healthy. Um, all, I got an offer in some program in Belo Horizonte, which is another state, um, more like in the interior of the country. Which year and, was uh, this again? Sorry? Which year? Uh, it was 2016, I think. 2016. Um, 17, maybe. I got, I got back from, from Chile and I stayed here in Rio for like almost a year trying to look for a job that really, really aligned with um, my my visions and what the things I think I want to do because still I was very young so I was trying to like look around and see if there were any fits with my personal uh, look in society and things I wanted to get achieved uh, through my work and I got a really nice offer uh, to work in this other accelerator but I was like uh, it's not in my city still in brazil but it's not in a city and i was like uh do i really want to move again um to my own country but not in my own city so i was like no nah, let's go somewhere else right very far <laughs> so i looked in some some website like um i think it was f f uh f6s or something like that like this 
really random um, website and I found the offer to work in a startup in Mexico. So um, I was like, yeah, that sounds nice. <laughs> Let's work on our, our Spanish now. Um, and then I did an interview. So it was very funny because the founders were, were French. So first of all, we already had like this connection because I spoke uh, French as well. Um, and they really wanted to open the market in Brazil. So I was like the perfect fit just because I spoke French and also Portuguese. And the whole idea was I was going to Mexico for two months, two or three months to really um, understand the, the startup. And for me, it was very logic because um, I really liked the idea of helping entrepreneurs more than being an entrepreneur. Uh, but I felt like I was missing this uh, perspective of the startup, right? So I had this amazing experience as a support uh, to scale startups, but uh, I think it was like the better way of understanding their needs is to be in their place, right? Like empathy 100%. <laughs> um, and then I was like, yeah, that sounds like a good challenge. Uh, I could like have this side of the, the startup perspective. I could learn... Uh, uh, Spanish very well because at start actually we spoke mostly English so it was like I feel like I, I, I could better my my Spanish and then of course was like the cultural experience so I went there and then I <laughs> at two months after so whenever I was supposed to come back to Brazil um, they asked me to stay a bit more because they had some changes um, in the structure of the startup and at the same time I got an, an offer actually an that had investment for Star Mexico. So, of course, I was like, <laughs> uh, I actually ended up staying two years instead of two months. And I just got back uh, now, like last year. So, um, I, I always try to seek any uh, opportunities in Rio. Uh, working on the local ecosystem, doing the things I like, but in my city. So um, I saw that Fabrica Startups open here. So actually Fabrica is a Portuguese accelerator. Um, and we open like um, a, represent a representation here. Um, and I saw that they opened in 2018, I think. And very me, I just sent an email like to talk at startup, uh, Fabricate Startups, I was like, hi, are you hiring? <laughs> um, and then they were like, no, not right now, but come visit us. And I was like, mm, I'm in Mexico, I can't go right now. But then, um, like for some kind of coincidence, um, we actually, um, uh, like common friends uh, gave me, gave them my CV and I ended up doing an interview and then I ended up moving and starting working like a month later um in the accelerator so that's basically it <laughs> that is that it's awesome and, and 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 yes thank you so much for for mentioning that you know we met in mexico because i've been telling i've been telling the guys uh that that watch the 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 show that a lot of the people that come i hope that at some point we meet and usually we've meet we've met in in, in several different countries and, and that is amazing and thank you so much for sharing because it also shows you know the different the, the path that you have followed um yeah. To be basically in the place where you want to be today, you've yeah. wanted to work in the ecosystem, you've wanted to work with the startups, and you are doing exactly that, uh, and 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 that is awesome. Uh, I my first question uh, it's related to your perspective, and I mean you've lived in Chile, you've lived in Mexico, uh, you've lived in Brazil, working with startups. I mean you you've you've lived in these places working with these companies or companies at least that have come to those countries to work uh, um, on on their on, on their ventures. Um, so. Tell me a little bit about what is your perspective today about how COVID-19 is affecting the startup world in Brazil? I think it's mainly the, like this global trend, right? So of course it's, it's impacted every industry. And I think like the positive thing is that people, let's say like normal people, like the people outside of our little startup world, because for us it's very common, um, like uh, these apps and these things, but for like the, the rest of society, they don't usually um, are in contact or are very familiar with 
this kind of solution. So I think a very positive uh, thing is that it it's um, made people use more tech to have interactions in society. So to shop, to talk with uh, family, friends, um, to make sports, to watch films. So I think it um, helped uh, make it a bit more mainstream uh, for the whole society, like elderly people or young people. Uh, so that's a like global positive thing. But of course, some industry were like badly um, impacted. So like, for example, um, all the uh, prop tech uh, solutions, so renting and construction and things like that. Uh, also entertainment, of course, depending on um, like what kind of entertainment, but for example, Gym Pass, which is a big uh, startup here, one of our unicorns, they, they had this like massive uh, firing people like, uh, because of course gyms are closed, although our president just, um, just made it a essential service right now, but um, just before that was closed. <laughs> An essential service going at hundreds of people going to the same place. Uh, okay, great. <laughs> no, it was, I don't, it's very hard not to get into the politics right here because it's, it's very like a closed line, but let's try not to, but yeah. Um, so some kind of um, entertainment solutions are also like uh, badly affected, but of course, like all the health tech, um, all the retail solutions like digital, because retail also like traditional and conventional retail, of course, was very, very impactful. But um, like buying online or like, um, I mean, corner shop, I don't know, they, they don't have corner shop here, it's rapid, but like all the solutions to, to consumption um, were like positively impacted. And of course, um, ed tech, so all the solutions for education because, well, all the schools are, are closed. So I think th these are global trends, um, I, I'm guessing, I don't know. I'm guessing like in all countries, they are looking for solutions to help, for example, parents that need to work from home, but also have children. How can they like occupy their children so they can work? Um, and, and surprisingly, EdTech is one of the sectors that were increasingly um, developing itself in, in Brazil, um, aside from, from the situation we're living. So it was already a trendy um, sector, let's say. So I think it just got more intensified with the situation we are all lived in. So yeah, it's very interesting because we are, well, a lot of, of us, not everyone, but a lot of us working from home, but it's in a situation that we, not only we are not prepared, like from our workplace, but also in the minds. So I think it's, very, it's a different for some startups that were already um, used to work digitally, or uh, a distance, um, it's easier, but it's, it's um, I think not all, all the companies were prepared to like um, work in the situation. So um, once again, we see our ability to adapt and to make like quick changes so we can go with the flow literally. So it's very interesting as a like society wise, right? Um, and yeah, I think um, also in the general um, like overview, I think uh, we saw a lot of solidarity. So um, some, some solutions which were already based on sharing or some kind of uh, solidarity thing. So for example, Tenasuka, which is an amazing app. Um, they actually went to start Chile. Uh, it's a network that you can um, lend and borrow things from your neighbors. So right now during COVID, it's very used and also it's used for um, like little help. So if you can't go to the supermarket and I'm going, maybe I can go your do your groceries for you or maybe I can walk your dog. So it's very like a favor exchange between neighbors and it's very nice. Uh, we also had some other um, initiatives that were very welcomed. So we had this massive firing so as i said uh, gym pass but also um where well, airbnb was very known like globally for their dismissions uh we saw some uh platforms uh being created that helped uh, to value or to um i, I don't want to say take advantage but um to put in in, in value the the workers that were fired so um, we, we see a lot of uh, platforms like job platforms going up 
um, to help find some some other um, uh, work for these people that 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 were fired. So um, this is some some nice um, actions. We also see a lot of um, how can I say that like solidarity in not related to startups, but uh, how um, tech and digital life that we have now helped um, put the focus on some solidarity solidarity actions that we have. So we know that COVID uh, just made clearer um, the um, in inequalities we have in our society. And right now I see at least like um, our social uh, media and other ways of uh, bringing the attention to this cause. Um, so for example, we have a lot of lives every hour, <laughs> everywhere. Um, and we have like donations going uh, on by like QR code. So we have PicPay and Ame, which they are very known here. So you are able to like um, help in some kind of way from your living room. Also, um, we have our um, emergency salary, uh, which is like this uh, money government is giving for a part of uh, population. And if you take it, like you can put it in your digital wallet and you have cash back uh, on it. So we see some kind of actions, um, very positive, although um, we must re be realistic that of course, like um, some big startups that, uh, for example, raised capital uh, last year or raised funds like um, not, um, not long ago, they will have more um, breath to to survive, right? So uh, smaller smaller startups might struggle uh, and probably gonna struggle way more. Um, but weirdly, um, we still see some investment going on. So I think just this week, last week, we saw um, a Brazilian startup raised um, like a fair amount of money during COVID. Um, I, I was just reading just before coming to the coming to the webinar, I was just looking at a report that says that um, we had um, in April eight um, acquisitions by big companies on startups, and we had um, $144 million in financing just last month. So um, really not uniform, the, the trends, but um, I mean, I think um, it's very clear um, for the whole LATAM perspective that um, even in startups, things are not very um, equal, right? So bigger, comp bigger startups, they already have funds, they already have Series A um, or Seed Series um, can, can, will probably uh, have a better endurance uh, than smaller startups for sure. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for that insight, Isabel. And I have a question um, regarding, um, you know, Fabrica the Startups in particular uh, and the message that you guys are sending to the startups and the entrepreneurs. What is the message right now, the official, let's say the official message that, that, you, that you send your entrepreneurs? And the reason why I ask this is for everyone that is listening to this is because uh, most of you guys are trying to find jobs. Most of you guys are also starting your own businesses. So it'd be awesome to get the insight of already an organization that's helping startups in the world. Uh, so what is the message that you give those entrepreneurs? So we, we are corporate accelerator right so we basically help uh, big companies to innovate and to be more competitive through startups so we um, make a match basically between the solutions and the, the big companies needs or challenge they have so um, a lot of our work is um, to this both um, publics right so it's uh, the segments let's say of big corporation but also startups so uh, all of our program are equity free. They are complete. We don't charge anything for the entrepreneur. So we are still uh, running our programs. We still have some uh, work being done with startups. So we try to to um, to be more than a, more than acceleration accelerator. Sorry, we try to be really um, a platform that can help them. So for example, we um, we are not only during COVID, but one of our main values is cooperation. 
So we, we launched um, some different platforms. So one of our platforms called Inspiration, basically in Portuguese. And it's basically a platform that gathers uh, good and positive news and opportunities for startups. So we are trying to centralize that so it's easier for startups to um, get information or get opportunities um, uh, for them. So that's that's the one of the main actions we are doing. But all of, all of our events, we needed to change uh, quickly and adapt to this, the situation. So everything we do uh, is presential. So it's um, our programs are in our physical space. Our events in, are in our physical space. So we needed to adapt this to online format. But also, how can we approach this um, sensible topic? with a positive and business perspective. So that was very tricky because we don't want to be um, disrespectful, disrespectful in some kind of way. So how can we see, perceive that as an opportunity? And we know that um, this crisis will and cannot be perceived as an opportunity by everyone, but how can we help people that can um, deal with that through a perspective or a more positive point of view and help um, the results be, uh, let's say, accessible for the ones that can't. So we are trying to um, um, balance uh, the ones that can um, see this crisis as a perspective and the ones that really need help to um, their business to survive or to not be that much affected during this time. So we also, one of our founders, Ula, which is the, our CEO, um, our CMO, sorry, she helps um, build a platform that, for example, it's um, donation, mask donations. So basically a peer-to-peer -peer, uh, platform that uh, she and another, another guy um, built to help uh, people that have masks at home, they're not using, of course, cleaned and <laughs> not used yet masks, um, to give for, to hospitals or, or med, um, doctors that are in frontline um, actions. So we, we are trying to, um, uh, we are trying to send this positivity and to realistic positivity to uh, startups, but also to our clients, right? So um, people, the, the, the ones that are uh, financing uh, through, of course, the buying of our contracts and, and things like that are the, the big corporations. So we, one of the pillars we work with them is culture of innovation. So we don't, only work with um, open innovation, like how we, we facilitate the solutions to them, but we also work on how are, uh, are their, their readiness to receive this innovation, this external innovation, but how are they um, ready to create their own uh, solutions inside of the company and be more um, agile and things like that. So we did a series of actions. Uh, we did a, uh, like a demo day presenting several uh, solutions, uh, very time sensitive. So um, health, um, mental health and physical health of their employees that are working for home, uh, how to make home office more productive through uh, some solutions and some platforms and things like that. We also did this like massive <laughs> um, guidebook, like the ultimate home office guidebook. So with productivity tips, but also like how to um, some apps to meditate and things to breathe because we know that um, right now our personal life is taking a bit more of um, our like work life so we need to balance that but of course we need to take care of us first as in mental and physical so we also try to play this this role of helping our clients take care of their their employees and of course us as Fabrica teams as well we we have been doing some kind of um, activities, uh, mindfulness. Uh, we had also had like happy hour online. So we're trying to get, because we are a very close and small team and we are used to work like an everyday hugging people and hugging our, <laughs> our um, colleagues. So uh, we are trying to, to not um, have this gap right now because we need, we need to, to, to be more than we are like in normal days, you know? So, um, yeah, it's a, very, it's a very tricky question in the way that we can be 100% focused on business um, for outside and from inside from our, our um, uh, colleagues. So 
um, you know, it's just, it's baby, baby steps. We're trying, it's very like lean, lean startup, you know, we try, we measure, we improve. <laughs> so that's, that's the, the flow we are following here. Awesome. And that's great. Thank you so much for, for, for sharing once again. And uh, something that got my attention was when you were mentioning, you know, the readiness that the companies have to receive certain types of innovation. And, uh, you know, I, I know a lot of, a lot of uh, those that listen to this um, might be asking themselves, um, what if uh, I know of a potential idea uh, to, to work on a challenge for a corporation? How, how does that work? Do you generally just go to the startups or do you also have challenges that you say, hey, here's a list of challenges. If you think you have what it takes to like tackle it, go for it. Uh, and that would be the first question. I have many more questions, but I'm going to yeah. go with that one for now. Okay. I'm going to try to make my answers more quick because we are never going <laughs> to end this call. Okay. So basically it's, it's amazing. So if these people are in Brazil and Rio, please come. Well, don't come right now, <laughs> please reach us um, uh, after, <laughs> after we can come really. Um, now, but we have different ways, like different formats of working with startups. So um, all of our programs, we have this open call to startups. So through our websites and our um, social media, we have this call. It's completely free. We don't take equity. So the idea is that we have around three challenges, very specific challenge, uh, not very specific, specific challenges, but they are kind of open because we understand that um, the startup will uh, do an effort of understanding the problem so that they can um, provide a solution. So basically we have one format, which, which is basically a design sprint, we call ideation week. So it's a six day program um, and it's for people, it's not for startups. So if you are a person and you wanna have, a, you wanna be an entrepreneur, but you don't already have a solution, you don't, you don't have a specific like um, a problem you already know you wanna solve, uh, and you wanna work, for example, with uh, L'Oreal, which is one of our clients, we have this program and you go, we, we reach out to 40 people and we bring them to our offices. They spend like six, day with, six days with us working basically on uh, like design thinking methodology. Um, and the whole idea is that they, they form squads there. So they come as a person and they live as a startup. So we uh, build, build the concept of their solutions during the six days. And then basically we select um, the best uh, solutions to go to our acceleration program. So this is basically six days um, program, like uh, the methodologies are our own. Uh, it's very similar to a design sprint and like design thinking. And basically um, it's for people, not for startups. And then our acceleration program we have, so we have this like best projects from the, the ideation uh, week. And we also um, call startups like more established startups from the market to come to the program. So at this point, we do, again, the open call uh, whenever everyone can, like, can, can apply. And we also do our active research, like scouting. Um, and then we understand that people that, like the startups that come into our acceleration program, they have, either they already have a solution in the market. So for example, if you, we are talking about, um, I don't know, L'Oreal and one of their challenges is um, concerning, I don't know, like um, um, engagement of uh, the, the employees. Um, and I know some kind of solution that is already working with like uh, employee engagements in another sector. I can call them and I can like invite them to come to the program and they will pass through this like five week, the program's 20 week long. And the first five weeks are uh, specifically for uh, understanding the problem, working with the mentors. So these mentors are um, employees of the big company. So for example, if someone from the HR uh, department in L'Oreal, there will be the bridge between the, actually pro the actual problem inside the company to the startup. So basically it's amazing how like in this point, we are talking really about collaboration. 
So L'Oreal doesn't, will not end up with um, part of the, this solution. So the solution is 100% from the startup. Um, but L'Oreal brings all the like problem and the data and anything that um, they need to build a solution. So basically, um, it's amazing how we can like, um, we don't need the, the, um, the, the whole idea of like bringing them together is to dispensate or to not uh, rely on a really, really early stage investment. So diluting your startup in a very early stage. So the idea is that we bring an actual potential client to you and this potential client is telling you all the problems they have and giving all the information on the problem so you can solve their problem. So basically that's the match we do. And in order to make this possible, we need to work uh, also on the other side, which is, um, for example, uh, I don't know if L'Oreal wants to, to hire one of the solutions, will it take a year to make the contract? So like, if you take a year, the, the startup might die <laughs> because you're not like, you don't, you're not financing the startup. So how can we help uh, them to speak the same uh, language and to adapt so that they can work together? So it also concerns like documents, for example, for a contract, some companies, some big companies um, ask for at least three years of your blah, blah, blah. And it's like the company just, the startup was just created yesterday. They don't have like three years of um, bank, uh, I don't know, like, uh, and like bureaucracy things, right? So how can we help this um, balancing so that the, the big company has a, a big uh, competitive advantage compared to other um, actors in the same market? And how can we help the startup to make a deal that will help uh, the startup have cash to, to, to still operate and still like um, improve their, their solution, their product and things like that. So our, our main role is to help them like uh, communicate and um, like help each other really. So that's why I said before that collaboration is key for us. Uh, because our main job is to help that get achieved. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I have a question related to, because I, I presume it's not the same to do this from Brazil than to do this in Chile or to do this in Mexico. And I know Latinos, we all think that it's the same, but, but it is really not. Uh, so if we, are, if we are hoping to engage with Latin American companies, and, mm -hmm. and we're hoping to work with Latin American companies, what would be your, your biggest advice to entrepreneurs, to professionals that are listening to this? If, they, if, if that is one of their dreams, like what, what would you recommend they think about? Well, as, as you said, and very well said, we all think it's the same, but it's not. Like, especially if you're talking about Brazil and the rest of Latin. So basically, um, it's very, it's very different if we, we look um, back on history. Of course, like the, the different colonization, it, it have, has a big impact on the way we do business in general. Um, also, like on the, on the other side, we are very, like the common thing is that we know uh, that um, everything is a bit volatile, right? So for example, in Brazil, we had I don't know, four or five currencies and we adapt very well, but um, it's very like um, uncertain. So very similar to entrepreneurship, but like double that. Um, yeah, so I would say the big, the big differences be between the country, the, the countries and the markets are that um, Chile is very, um, the public policy is very clear for me uh, concerning entrepreneurship and you have like this different, uh, supports uh, from like private and public uh, programs and uh, institutions but for me it's very clear so the um, for example Star Chile program was born because of a big uh, uh, earthquake they had there so they, they the whole idea of the program was already like let's see this really really big um, crisis as an opportunity and let's rebuild our economy based on tech and um, and not like fishing and mining, for example. So um, basically the, the, the root of the program was already very similar to the situation we're living here when the country, the government saw an opportunity to really rebuild the, the, 
the economy and bring foreigners like foreign uh, um, money and foreigner also like solutions to establish themselves in, in Chile. However, on the other side, Chile is a very uh, strict market. If you're comparing to Brazil and Mexico, which are the biggest uh, consum consumers, well, the biggest markets in Latin. So um, um, Mexico and Brazil are very similar, but very different. Like I feel for some reason that Mexico, um, the ecosystem was very based on INADEM which was the um, national the institutional institution of the national national mexican entrepreneur so basically it was um, like this initiative from the government that had a lot of funds for uh, startups and for um, accelerators so the ecosystem in guadalajara mexico city monterrey were very very big like in number um, but a lot of incubators and accelerators were depending on this fund so when they had um, elections, so two, three years ago, um, the uh, Obrador, the new president, decided to end this program. So the whole ecosystem saw itself without the supporting um, money from the government and started to try to make corporate ventures and corporate acceleration and trying to get the money from other um, clients, but didn't work for everyone. So a lot of the the smallest actors uh, disappear or starting doing something else. However, we still see like big players like international players such as Mass Challenge, 500, um, Ashoka, things like that, like working in Mexico um, more structured. Um, we see one one really big uh, corporate player is also Blue Box. Um, they they work with Bimbo and Bev and things like that. Sorry, Mexico, of course, still, uh, still running their accelerator program and their offices and things like that. But I feel like in Brazil, still is not perfect, of course, and still is not um, that easy. Um, I feel like a bit more openness and trust uh, from corporations who work with startups. Especially if there is a, a player, uh, an actor in the middle, <laughs> trying to to help that because um not really but it's it's i was in the position of working the startup in mexico and going to I, we used to sell our services to media companies so publicists and things like that and we used to go there and everyone was like looking at us like and maybe because of the fact that we are foreigners like um, it was a French company for some reason they thought it was better right than if it was Mexico I don't know um, and I see that this this um, the big companies have leverage on the small and it's like the big fish it's the small fish you know uh, I feel like that this is the perspective um, theirs too Although this, these companies that are globally known, for example, Ambev, we, we, had, um, we had a program here with Ambev. Ambev does a lot of um, like research and a lot of uh, innovation concerning their projects, like the core business. So um, they are, for example, one of the companies that I think are working, is working with a lot of startups um, throughout the, the, low, the, the whole LATAM. So it's not only in Brazil, um, L'Oreal as well, always looking like, for example, to work with solutions that help out their projects, but also uh, some processes or some other sides of their business, not only their, their core project. And thank, thank you for that insight uh, as well. I have uh, a kind of like a, I would say a follow-up question. Uh, it's, it's a bit out there, but I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push it. And it's... Uh, I know corporate innovation might look a lot like we, we need new products, we need to approach a market specifically, we have to, but there are other types of innovation uh, which are cultural within within these big corporations. How have you seen that evolve? And and I know, uh, you know, part of the description of, of what we're talking about uh, today is is the gender gap. And, mm -hmm. and I do know that for Latin America, particularly um, for Latin American leaders, including myself, it, it is one of the things that we have to work the hardest on because of the context that we have been living into. So have you seen any any ev like evolution in the way in which, uh, you know, the gender gap is being approached by these big corporations? 
and um, how, how are startups helping with that? Yeah, I think there is an evolution. Just because, the, just because like retrocession is not, it's not possible, you know, like can't go um, back. But I mean, it's very weird. For me, it's very like weird. Like that's the best question, the best word to describe it because Latin in like Mexico, Chile, I don't, I don't know. Unfortunately, I don't know all the countries uh, yet. But um, I feel like in the global like uh, feeling is that women in the role of mothers are very, very, very respected. In Mexico, it's almost a holiday. You don't work. The streets are really full. Everyone's like with their moms. And, and the, the mothers have such an important role. Here in Brazil, there is a lot of uh, homes, like uh, households there. Uh, the, the, the principal, like the main figure is a woman. Um, out, like concerning economic activities outside and inside the house. So um, there is this really important role and place that mothers occupy, but for some reason that's not, it doesn't reflect um, on the respect of women in general. So if you're talking about streets, like you're just walking, or um, if you're talking about, for example, how many times wasn't I in the position of leading a workshop full of men, uh, me being young, also from a Latin country, so how 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 the situations ha happen so often is not normal to me. But we see like this global trend, like we see a lot of um, research uh, pointing that diversity is very uh, important if you want to have, uh, uh, of course, an inclusive space of work, but also innovative. So how how diversity. Um, how innovation is driven by diversity, right now it's a really on the spotlight and companies really wanted to position themselves as a diverse company and innovative. Um, and the really, the, the, big, the big question and the big challenge is how can we stop talking about like um, inspiring? So we wanna have like more success cases of startups led by women and we have to, we need to put them on events and webinars and things like that to inspire more women to do things. But I feel like the main problem is how do we go to the next phase, you know, like, okay, I'm inspired. So how can I, what can I do to, to be taken seriously by a potential client? You know, so for example, um, we see, um, I think it was Goldman Sachs at the beginning of the year that said that we uh, was only going to coordinate IPOs for, for companies that had um, a diverse board. So a diverse board for them is having one woman at least, that's a diverse board, but it's still something, right? Uh, but I mean, so with this like big trends, so we have, for example, uh, Chile, I think Chile's is positioned in the top three countries uh, for women to, to be entrepreneurs because of one of the programs, uh, the TSF program, which is a pre-acceleration program from Startup Chile, just for women. So um, this is a nice initiative that's uh, long term. So I think that's also the problem. We can't have, for example, um, so many, many incubators, accelerators have programs for women. But uh, I think from my, my point of view is that it needs to be long-term. So we have like really a work because it's a, it's a society problem. It's not just entrepreneurial or um, business-wise. So uh, I think it, it needs to be on the long-term. And also again, uh, taking the perspective I told before, we need to, we can't just work with the startups, right? We can't just cap, like, um, improve the abilities and the skills of the female entrepreneur so that she's perceived as equal. But we need to also work on them. If you're talking about B2B uh, solutions, we need to work on um, the corporation side. So uh, how can we stop having some, some kind of prejudice concerning um, the serious aspects of a female entrepreneur, the ability to, to operate and to really like uh, produce, um, the ability, uh, ability of like, this is the most annoying one. It's like, how are you balancing your personal life with your work life? Like, do you really ask men this question? I don't think so. I don't heard anything like that. So um, I think it's, um, 
a culture program that's going, uh, it goes outside the barrier of workplace. So it's a, it's a long-term solution that we need and it's like constant work. Uh, but we see also like, for example, Microsoft uh, launched the WeFund. I, I, I'm not sure it's just in Brazil or Slatam, but it's basically like a fund for uh, women, like female uh, entrepreneurs, which is amazing. Uh, we at Fabrica, we have been working on this matter since last year. We have uh, like um, monthly events, um, concert, uh, like bringing women, um, like entrepreneurs, corporations, and, and like really big power for women to inspire. And we are j just now making the shift towards, okay, inspired and now doing. <laughs> um, we are launching uh, probably in a month um, our first acceleration program for a female woman. Uh, we also had this an amazing initiative. I think it's like the most beautiful <laughs> initiative I saw, I seen. Um, it's called Women, um, Women in Science. So basically it was um, a, call to, a call to researchers, women, uh, um, financed or like uh, pr uh, promoted by the British Council. So basically it brought, it was two editions, right? So it was uh, in Brazil, the whole country, we had uh, 30 or 40 uh, female researchers coming to Rio, spending a whole week trying, uh, getting information and getting workshops and things like that on how to transform their research on businesses. So for me, this is the match of two important subjects on LATAM. So the gender um, gap and the, the the place of women in businesses um, formally, because we know that like a big part of the economy is moved by women, but it's not perceived as it because it's not formal. Um, and the other aspect is research. So research for me, actually, I, 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 I had on my notes to speak about it because um, I feel that it's a big gap we, we are not um, handling well. And I would say that's in LATAM as a general um, market uh, because we, we don't have this proximity, right? To, from uh, universities, uh, researchers, and like uh, scientific researchers like STEAM and things like that. Um, here, at, at least in Brazil, there is a big barrier to make this um, outbreaking um, uh, innovations uh, in the format of startups. So how can we make um, the research and the, the results of the research available to the society? So right now it's a big um, point because of course of COVID, um, our government uh, last year took out a lot of the investment they did in, in, in scientific research. Um, and it's a, it's a pain point for us, right? So um, it's, a, it's a very, um, it's a research area that's very in, innovative driven. So how can we um, open the, the, the access to these um, discoveries to the whole society? So we are also working on that, like uh, to, to be more um, close to universities, to start positioning ourselves, not as a, uh, like um, competitors, because sometimes there is this, uh, like uh, the discovery is mine, you're not taking it, and it's like, What's the point if the society doesn't have access to it and it just stays in your paper in the university? So that's another big challenge. And if you mingle both, like the women, women usually are not um, perceived as um, a main or uh, with a role that's important in STEM solutions. So uh, engineering, mathematics, technology, so we are, we are always um, associated with uh, careers or positions to take care of others, right? So education, um, nurse, not doctors, nurses, um, and things like that. So this program was amazing. We saw like women for everywhere in the country. Um, and actually the winners, they, they got like this, um, this scholarship to receive their research in the UK. So it was amazing. and just like the sensible side of business that you see, you see a lot of solutions that yes, the, the human side is made uh, like in the, in the middle, but um, 
once again we see like a lot of ad techs and, and, and solutions that's um, clearly um, it's, it should be on my point of view um, a matter that governments attack so health education security um, like well-being in general of the, the citizens so I, I, I find it incredible incredible really how startups can uh, especially in LATAM can be this this um, actor or this force that's um, bridging the gap that government doesn't so the creativity of our people in this in this matter is very important because as I said before we are used to have so many changes our economy is not that stable if you look like for example Argentina is known for like having this really weird <laughs> economy um, but I mean, how, how our people uh, manage to, to adapt. So I said the currencies here in Brazil, in France, they still have like in the tickets, when you buy something, they still have the, the money, like the amounts in euros and in francs, like, so we have like this really good ability to, to adapt and to go with the flow really. Um, but I feel there is, there are some points that are still not that Although I try to understand, like with a clear perspective, I still don't don't make much sense for me. And that's, for example, I think only eight percent of boards of corporations in Brazil are women because we have a quota. So eight percent. Although there is many studies that prove that businesses led by women are more profitable. So why why are there so much gap? I don't know, but the, the, the interesting point is that um, I, I feel like um, big names, like big companies and big uh, names are, are positioning itself, themselves uh, on this matter. So that's very positive, I think, because although for me it's not the right way to do it because of the, the branding, you know, um, it's the way we have it. So it's, it's fine. Um, I mean... The, if the goal <laughs> if the goal is reached it's, it's good and another weird thing is um, that one of the main sectors uh, developing itself here in Brazil is fintechs right so we have a new bank which so now it's in Mexico as well uh, we have many many like fintech solutions um, and of course the role of the the, the position of the woman in, in fintechs way like underrepresentative so I think just like um, I think from the whole, um, so Brazil was the second, second or third country to have unicorns, like the amount of unicorns last year, right? I'm not sure, but I might be risking to say that um, just New Bank has one female founders on the, the whole, like the whole portfolio of unicorns. So that's very shocking, like very um, urgent to do something, you know, uh, we are half in numbers of the society in the country. So how, how can it be more equal? I think that that should be one of our works and our focus for, for this, this half year we have before us. Thank you. Thank you, Isabel. And I know uh, time is coming to an end and, and, and I thank you for, for, for all your insight. And, and for those of you guys that are listening, thank you so much for, once again, thank you so much for joining us. I know some of you have made some comments. Um, I'm going to try to ask uh, Isabel some questions. Um, so we have probably five more minutes. Uh, so I'll, I'll try to be as brief as I can. Uh, Isabel, which countries in Latin America are, do you still want to like actually get to know? Like you got to know Chile and, and Mexico, of course, Brazil, but like which other countries in Latin America you, do you want, do you want to get to know? I'm not saying to get an invitation, but Colombia definitely. <laughs> no, definitely Colombia. I'm really, I, I don't know much, but I'm really interesting, uh, interested on the work of Ruta Eni, of course. Um, but I don't, I have never been to Colombia, never. Uh, Argentina as well, and Uruguay. Uruguay just because um, everyone I know from there is so nice. Like, they are amazing. <laughs> People are really genuinely nice. It's not like us Brazilian that we have, we are nice. And but Uruguay also has like a, the, one of the highest like digital like platform adoptions in Latin America. 
and it's like a five million people country and it's got like the first or second highest adoption of like rapid that's where that's where rapid change it's like way of doing things because they were like if we took all of like Uruguay and they adopted it so quickly why can we not do that in the other countries Uruguay is very 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 interesting that's it's 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 amazing. It's amazing. Like, um, it's amazing. We, we, there is so many expressions in Portuguese to, to represent our, just go with the whole thing, you know, it's weird. Um, yeah. but yeah, Colombia, sh definitely for, for the ecosystem, Colombia, definitely Peru as well. I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to choose, you know, um, you, you'll need to get started with one. That. Sorry. You'll, you'll need to get started with one. Uh, I, I, yeah, I think, I think definitely Colombia should be in my, my bucket uh, lists for, for, well, not this year, but <laughs> next year, um, startup-wise and, and holiday-wise. Holiday so if you have any tips, please let me know. <laughs> you will definitely have a lot of tips. I know, I know uh, local uh, tourism is probably the first that's going to get kind of like going. Uh, so we'll hopefully have someone from the tourism uh, industry in the show soon yeah. to see what their, what their take is on it. Um, we are definitely going to have some people from Zelina in the future. We're going to have Pressy tomorrow. We're going to have someone from Simon Sinek's team on Thursday uh, from Airfeed, Maria Alejandra. It's coming on Wednesday. So it's going to be also a, a great week. So everyone who is listening, please, please stay tuned for, for the rest of the week. If you find it uh, powerful, what you're listening to, please remember to follow us on uh, Instagram and all these places. Uh, um, uh, Isabel, if we want to find you and find the work that you're doing on Fabrica the Startups, where, where do we read more about what you guys are doing? Some, some are asking, where do we find details? Okay. So on our website, so... Uh, make sure to put .com.br, otherwise you go to the Portuguese uh, program, uh, like the, the website of the Portuguese um, headquarters. Um, and on LinkedIn, uh, you can subscribe to our newsletter. Uh, we are cooking some news concerning our digital uh, channels right now. So uh, I think this month, uh, if you start following us on any of these networks, you will have some nice surprises. And yeah, I think that's the main, that's our main channels right now. We have events also, uh, and it's perfect because not concurring <laughs> timing. Uh, you can just spend 24 hours <laughs> watching and, and that's another tip, right? Um, right now to see this opportunity because there is so much content free online. It's amazing that I just remembered that. <laughs> yeah, There's awesome, man. Yeah, there is go. a program on Coursera. Coursera? Um, for female entrepreneurs uh, from, um, I think it's, the, I'm not sure if it's the Dell program or if it's the Goldman Sachs program from females. So if women are watching, it's free. Um, I'm doing it. It's very nice. Inspire cool. women, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, and uh, big shout out to the people that are listening to this and watching this. Rodrigo, he says, I'm going to try to read this in, in, in Brazilian. I don't, I don't read. So he says, Hola, Isabel. E a um Brasil. So he's from Brazil, I guess. <laughs> Tres corazones. MG, he writes. Computador, scientist, and physica student. Good. Rodrigo Luciano. I'm going to learn Portuguese. This is a thing for me. Subscribe to our channels. We are looking forward to get uh, more close to um, scientific people. Uh, we are also, as I said, cooking some new things. So we are looking forward to, to work with um, more scientific people that want to be entrepreneurs as well. So follow us. <laughs> awesome. Mario from Peru is also sending an invite. Henry, he's from Funza. Uh, Henry's been in Brazil six times. Crazy. Awesome. Uh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, everyone who has taken the time to listen uh, to us. I always do this. Uh, I'm super grateful that you take an hour of your day uh, to listen to this conversation. Uh, remember, we have put this in Facebook Live. It's going to go also live on YouTube. Then we're going to take the extracts of this and put it in IGTV as well as LinkedIn. And then the podcast is going to be coming out uh, hopefully uh, on Thursday this week with the 30 or so episodes 
episodes that we have already recorded. And hopefully we'll have Isabel in the Spanish version of the yeah. show that's going <laughs> to get started on May 25th. So um, not this week or the week after, well, the week is supposed to start next Monday. Uh, so hopefully we'll have Isabel there speaking some Espanol as well. Thank you so much, Isabel, for your time. Thank I will you. really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to me. I don't know how you guys cope to the end, but yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for inviting me. Um, please feel free to add me on LinkedIn or ask me if you have any questions. Um, we are open, open to collaborations. If you have any ideas, if you have something that you feel like it's uh, very profitable for our community, uh, not profitable as in money, as being valuable as in content, um, let us know and we are open to, to talk, basically. <laughs> Excellent. Isabel, thank you so much. Thank you, everyone, for joining thank us. You. And remember, uh, tomorrow we'll have Spencer Waldron, the Director of Global Communications at Prezi. Uh, so it'd be awesome if you guys can join us as well tomorrow. Uh, see you all. And thank you, Isabel, once again. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And remember to share, like, and comment if this content brought value to your life. You can find us on social media as We Are Torre. Explore more content at blog.torre.co. See you around.